Today we discuss some of the younger players on the Islanders and how they're contributing to the team's success. We have the trade deadline just one week away. We'll talk more about that and we'll preview both of this weekend's big games. All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders Your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a subject you'd like us to talk about on a future episode, Feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings. And I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for some instant insight and analysis. And it's always great to interact with Islander fans, game time or anytime. So please do reach out and let's talk a little Isles hockey. I'm going to start today's podcast talking about some of the younger players on the Islanders. Because, well, let's start it off this way. There's a certain amount of irony involved right now because we know that Lou Lamorello has been reluctant over time to play some of the younger guys. And, you know, he likes his veterans, guys who have been there, done that, who have the experience, who are less prone to making some of those rookie or young player mistakes. Uh... And yet, here we are with about 20 games left on the schedule. And the Islanders are more or less forced to play a lot of young players, mainly because of the injuries to the veterans. And look, right now, there's no Cal Clutterbuck. There is no Josh Bailey. There is no Matthew Barzal. 
there is no J.G. Pajot, although maybe, just maybe, Pajot comes back uh, some point soon. But, you know, missing all of these players and Oliver Wallstrom, who is one of the younger players, but is still out of the lineup, uh, you know, it, it, it is forced in a lot of ways. Uh, the Islanders to bring up players like Hudson Fashing and Simon Holmstrom. Uh, earlier, they brought up Atu Ratu before they traded him away. Um, you know, we've seen Arno Durando and a number of other young players, Samuel Bolduc on defense when injuries hit there, coming up. And Parker Wotherspoon, you know, guys who had to step up and step into roles maybe before the team thought they were ready. And yet, they seem to, in some instances at least, have done pretty well. Now, other players have struggled. Otto Koivula, in his two games, hasn't really made a great first impression. Whereas, you know, to me... Bolduc and Wotherspoon played well. Andy Andreoff had his moments but wasn't consistent. Arno Durando, Hudson Fashing, those guys have looked pretty good. And I, I, it, it, it's like the younger players are giving the Islanders a little more speed and a little more enthusiasm, a little more juice to the lineup. And it's something this team badly needed. You know, we talked um, on yesterday's podcast about the way that Ross Johnston, even though he's only playing five, six minutes a game, is giving the team a little juice with his style of play. And I think your fashings and, you know, your younger guys uh, have really been stepping up. And, and just sort of getting the job done. So let's start off with uh, Ian, who sent us an email. And, and we got a couple of emails about younger players. But Ian uh, emails and says, Hey, Gil, just a thought. But doesn't Arno Durando remind you a little of Anthony Bevilier? Just the fast game, great sticks. And I think that down the line, this guy can be a top nine forward. Look, I like what I've seen in the first couple of performances from Arno Durando. I think, yes, there is good speed. He, in two games, has shown a willingness to to play the game the right way. He is positionally sound. He's even, you know, blocked a shot, which I, I think is great. And in two games... Durando has seven shots on goal. We've talked a number of times about the fact that this team needs a little more speed. And, you know, maybe from a short-term perspective, while I thought that Bavillier needed to be traded, it would benefit him to have the change of scenery. Losing his speed in the lineup every game is an issue. Well, as Ian, I think, rightly points out, the speed of Arno Durando does help in that area. And the other thing the Islanders always needed was players who would shoot the puck more often. And we've talked about trying to get in the past Bavillier, uh, Barzal, uh, a number of uh, Bailey, a number of this team's forwards who are pass-first guys. 
and don't shoot the puck often enough. Well, one thing we found out in two games about Arno Durando, he's not afraid to shoot the puck. And, you know, to have him, and then you added Bo Horvat uh, a couple of weeks ago before the trade deadline, all of these acquisitions help the team get more shots on goal. So, yeah, Ian, I like what I've seen so far from Arno Durando. Now, again, it's two games, so you always have to be a little wary of that. Uh, he still has the adrenaline pumping. He still has, you know, it's still a new thing for him. And the grind of an 82-game season or, you know, the rest of this season, it, you know, hasn't really kicked in yet. But I know that I like what I see so far from this kid and that guys like Durando and Fashing have given this team a little more hustle and a little more uh, oomph, so to speak, in the lineup. And even though Lou Lamorello tends to like his veterans, having the kids come in and play, I think, has been a good thing. And, you know, I would like to see Fashing and Durando still in the lineup when some of these players, whether it's your your Bailey or your Pajot or whoever, when they get healthy, I want to see Durando staying in the lineup and Fashing staying in the lineup because I think they add something more to this team that has been lacking. And, you know, it really does sort of help pick things up. So we'll see what happens. But right now, I am happy with what I've seen from Arno Durando. And Ian, thank you so much for the email. We have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll talk a little bit more about Another young player still in the minors who the Islanders have not yet brought up and maybe why that is the case. We'll talk about that. And uh, another big deal going down yesterday ahead of the trade deadline. We'll talk about how that affects things. And I think it's a good deal for the Islanders. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, or my personal favorite, which is cookies and cream. And look, for a protein bar... They have great taste, and yet the macros are incredible. Just 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar per bar while packing a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, you could still go to Built.com and order a box, but you could also head over to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box right away so you don't have to wait for delivery. So check out Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Head to Built.com or Sam's Club and Walmart to get your Built Bar today. So we have another email question, and I think this is a good one, and I know uh, a few people have asked about this in comments on YouTube and on Twitter, so I'm going to bring this up. Greg 
from Long Island. Uh, I want to know your opinion on Ruslan Iskakov. Do you think he could get brought up? Seems to me that, uh, like a young guy the Islanders need, personally, I want to see him called up and given a chance. Well, Greg, thank you, by the way, for the the email. And I, I think that what we see with right now with Ishkakov is that the Islanders are hesitant to bring him up. And I think part of it is this is his first year in North America uh, as far as Professionally, now he did play at the University of Connecticut a couple of years in Hockey East, but then was back in Finland, back in Germany, uh, and now is with the Bridgeport Islanders, and he's played pretty well. Uh, 11 goals, 38 points in 46 games in Bridgeport. He's good with the puck. I like the way he handles it. He has good vision. Uh you know, decent speed at times. The big concern, I think, for the Islanders is his size. He's officially listed at 5'9", 165 pounds. That's not very big for an NHL player. And I think Lou Lamorello wants to see him do better in the AHL or get more experience in the AHL. Rather then uh, rush him to the NHL. The other factor is he is primarily a center, and if Matthew Barzal is healthy, the Islanders already have five centers on the depth chart in Barzal, Horvat, Nelson, uh, Pajot, and Sezikis. So, yeah, right now you don't have Pajot and you don't have Barzal. Pajot is supposedly close to coming back, and hopefully he will be back before the trade deadline. But I think that is, those are two of the main factors that are keeping Ishkakov from really being up there and being a part of the the, the trade, uh, excuse me, a part of being called up right now. I think that if he played wing, I think he would have a better chance of being recalled. But if not, uh, I I think the size and the lack of experience at the NHL level are really what is holding him back at this point. And I'm not necessarily saying that they're right to do that, but that is sort of the, the way that the team is thinking. And so... That's what's holding back uh, Iskakov from being uh, with the New York Islanders right now. And again, thank you for the email. Another trade getting made in the NHL, and it doesn't involve the Islanders, but it does help the Islanders. And here's why. On Thursday, the Boston Bruins acquired defenseman Dmitry Orlov and forward Garnett Hathaway from the Washington Capitals, and the Capitals get veteran forward Craig Smith, who's on an expiring contract, and then they get a 2023 first, a 2025 second round pick, and a 2024 third round pick. So here's why this helps the Islanders in the short term. 
the Islanders, the Capitals rather, are selling. They are not all in. And if there were six teams going for two wild card spots right now, the Capitals are no longer going to be as high on that list. And in a conversation earlier today with Dan Holmey, the host of Locked On Capitals, you know, he said he expects Washington to make more moves as a seller. So if you're an Islander fan and you're hoping for the Islanders to make that playoff run, then one team seems to be saying, we're not going to make it. And then you're down to five teams or, you know, four other teams trying to get those two spots. And the Islanders are still one of them. Now, if you're one of those Islander fans who feels that the Islanders should start selling off your Scotty Mayfields, your Semyon Varlamovs, uh, your Zach Parises, or even some of the other players who are not on expiring contracts, but are, you know, you could free up cap space and try to get more draft picks and try to get more prospects. This is frustrating because, you know, Orlov and Hathaway, you know, the Islanders certainly, I don't know if, if you could get that much for any of the Islanders players, a one, a two, a three, uh, you know, all for those two players, but you could, it shows you that you can get a good return on some of these veterans. So it's a double-edged sword. If you if you feel like the Islanders are in the thick of the playoff hunt and should be going for it, well, then this move uh, is good because it means the Capitals are more or less saying we're not going to make the playoffs this year. But if you feel that the Islanders should be sellers, this gives you an idea of what the market is like. And it, it sort of tells you what the Islanders might be able to get back if they were to... You, you can't tell me that the Islanders couldn't get a similar return if they were to move Brock Nelson or if they were to move uh, Scotty Mayfield and Zach Parise or Simeon Varlamov, that they couldn't get a nice selection of picks and or prospects in return for some of those veteran players. So it... it it, it leaves Islander fans with sort of these conflicted feelings depending on where you stand with regard to what this team really should do. But it looks like right now that the Capitals are selling and that they are not likely to be all in at the trade deadline. So, you know, that leaves Florida, Detroit, Buffalo, Pittsburgh and the Islanders uh, fighting for two spots in the Eastern Conference. And we'll see what ends up happening. But again, the Islanders trying to deal with all those games in hand that they have, uh, the other teams have on them. And hopefully, hopefully, uh, the Islanders are, are able to figure things out and, and, and keep being competitive uh, the rest of the way. And you know, the best case scenario may be being competitive and trading away some of those veterans and letting some of those younger players that we talked about earlier get some ice time. Maybe you bring up, if you trade away a Pajot or a Nelson, uh, maybe you bring up an Iskakov and see what he can add to the mix. All of these are 
out there and up in the air right now as we get closer to the trade deadline. But again, I think Lou Lamorello is still going to add a player or two rather than sell. And we'll see what Lou ends up doing. But the trade deadline, one week from today, Friday at 3 o'clock Eastern time. So lots to look forward to as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. And we'll have all of it for you right here at Locked On Islanders. We've got more to get to on today's show. Two big games this weekend against the LA Kings and a rematch against the Winnipeg Jets. We'll preview both games, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day, all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the Adam Rothstein Hockey Podcast Newsletter. Hey, Islander fans, are you looking for the best hockey newsletter on the internet? Well, look no further. The Adam Rothstein Hockey Podcast Newsletter is the best newsletter for any hockey fan. Whether it's talking about the history of hockey, hockey video games, or how to improve your game, you'll find all that and more in this newsletter. Also, if you like this newsletter, be sure to check out the main podcast on Spotify. Log on to rothsteina.substack.com. That's R-O-T-H-S-T-E-I-N-A.substack.com to check out the Adam Rothstein Hockey Podcast newsletter. Two games coming up this weekend for the New York Islanders tonight. The LA Kings visiting UBS Arena And, you know, the Kings are on an East Coast road trip right now. They started it off losing in Minnesota. They are playing Thursday against the Devils in Newark. So the Kings will be on a back-to-back, whereas the Islanders will have a little bit of rest. Now, Phoenix Copley is the goaltender for the Kings against the Devils, which means Since we're in a back-to-back, we are most likely going to see Jonathan Quick, the veteran, in goal against the Islanders tonight. The Kings' offense has not been their problem. They are ninth in the league right now uh, in goal scored. They are currently in a dogfight in a very tight Pacific division where three points separate the top four teams. So every game meaningful for them. It's defensively that the Kings have struggled. They're 23rd in the league in goals allowed. And their power play, very, very strong. Second in the league, they cash in on 26% of their power play chances. While the penalty kill is vulnerable, 25th in the league on the PK with a 75% success rate. And realistically, the Islanders... Got to hope that they can, A, stay out of the penalty box so that the Kings don't get too many chances with the man advantage, and B, that the Islanders can get some power play mojo going because this team is vulnerable. Now, on the power play, who do you have to watch for? Adrian Kempe has seven, uh, nine goals. That leads the team. Arthur Kaliev has eight power play goals, and Kevin Fiala has seven, along with 14 power play assists, and oh yeah, veteran Drew Doughty, 
18 assists on the power play for the Kings. The line combinations, Anze Kopitar centers Quinton Byfield and Adrian Kempe on the top line. Philip Deneau, Kevin Fiala, and Victor Arvidsson are the second line. On the third line, left to right, Alex Ayafalo, Blake Lozati, and Gabriel Velarde. And then Rasmus uh, Kupari centers the fourth line with Jarrett Anderson Dolan to his left and Arthur uh, Kaliev to his right. On defense, Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty, the top pair. Sean Dersey and Matt Roy are the second pair, followed by Tobias Bjornfot and Sean Walker as the third pair. Again, the goalies right now, Phoenix Copley and Jonathan Quick. This is not an easy team to go against. And the Islanders, the, the, the strong defense that we saw from the New York Islanders, the smart positional defense that we saw against Winnipeg, that's going to have to repeat itself uh, tonight when they host the LA Kings. Now, after that game against the Kings, the Islanders head out to Winnipeg where they will have their second game against the Jets in the last three games they're going to play. We have just seen the Jets. We know how good defensively they are and how good Connor Hellebuck is. I would anticipate that the Islanders will probably go with Semyon Varlamov tonight against the Kings and then go back with Ilya Sorokin against the Jets on Sunday. That game, by the way, is a 3 o'clock Eastern time in the afternoon contest. So, again, got to keep your eyes. Uh, remember, it's a, it's a matinee. Uh, tonight, the Jets will host Colorado. So, uh, they will have the same amount of rest as the Islanders heading into this game. But it is basically... Uh, they're at home waiting, and the Islanders have to travel from Long Island to Winnipeg. Mark Scheifele, Kyle Connor, and Mason Appleton are the top line. Pierre-Luc Dubois, Nikolai Ellers, and Blake Wheeler the second line. Adam Lowry, Morgan Barron, Carlson Kuhlman are the third line. And from left to right on the fourth line, you have Saku uh, Mainalainen, Kevin Stenland and Sam Gagne on defense. Josh Morrissey, Dylan DeMello are the top pair. Brendan Dillon, Neil Pionk are the second pair. And Nate Schmidt teams up with Dylan Sandberg on the third pair. The goalies, we know about Connor Hellebuck and David Riddich is the backup goalie. This is a tough team. We saw how well they played against the Islanders uh, earlier this week. And this, again, I expect another low-scoring and competitive game. Quickly, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and Saturday will be the 30th birthday of former Islanders forward Alan Quine. Uh, originally drafted by the Red Wings in the third round in 2011, then drafted two years later when he didn't sign with Detroit by the Islanders in the sixth round. Made his NHL debut in 2015-2016 with the Islanders, but only played two games, got his first NHL goal, and then came up with what was by far his biggest moment as an Islander. We're talking about Game 5 of the first-round playoff series between the Islanders and the Florida Panthers. Series tied at 2, Game 5 down in Florida, and in overtime... 
16 minutes into double overtime, Alan Quine gets his first career playoff goal in the NHL to beat the Florida Panthers and give the Islanders a 3-2 series lead. And then in double overtime, the Islanders closed out game six on a goal by John Tavares. Quine, still active right now, playing for the Ontario Reign of the AHL. He, uh, you know, last played in the NHL in 2019-2020 when he played nine games for the Flames. So, Alan Quine, only an Islander really for one full season and parts of two others, but he certainly had that magic moment with that double overtime goal. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will be back Monday with our key takeaways from both of this weekend's games. Any new trade news, if something breaks, we will go and do a video on it. So certainly uh, check that out and follow us on Twitter for all the latest Islander news. Until then, have a great weekend. Stay safe, everyone. And of course, let's go Islanders.